President Miner, the recording is now on. It is 1.08 p.m. Very good, thank you. Good afternoon, I'm using my gavel to call to order the special meeting of the San Francisco Civil Service Commission on Monday, June 5th, 2023 at 1.08 p.m. Our staff will read a statement with more information about today's special meeting. Thereafter, staff will tell us how we're handling public comment. Good afternoon and welcome to the special meeting of the Civil Service Commission on Monday, June 5th, 2023. This meeting is held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall room 400 and available to view on WebEx if you have an item scheduled on the agenda. The public may listen to the meeting by calling 451-655-0001 and using access code 259-326-40927 and password 27230. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment on this item. Each comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment, comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call-in. For each, each item, the commission will take public comment first from the people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Commission staff will provide further instructions on how to provide public comment via phone or video. If you need assistance accessing the meeting, please call 628-652-1100. Please note that city policies along with federal, state, and local law prohibit discriminatory or harassing conduct against city employees and others during public meetings and will not be tolerated. Moreover, public comment is permitted only on matters within the jurisdiction of this meeting body. Commission staff will now provide further instructions on making public comment remotely. As stated on our agenda and our website, this meeting is being held in hybrid mode. For members who wish to listen and or to make public comment, the phone number is 415-655-0001. The meeting ID code is 2593-264-0927. Please make sure that you're in a quiet location and that you turn off any television or radio to reduce reverberations so the commission can hear you. At the appropriate time, the president will ask for the phone lines to be open. If you wish to comment on the particular item, you will be prompted to press star three. This will add you to the speaker line. The auto prompt will say that callers are entering question and answering time, but this is a public comment period. You will be queued up in the order in which you press star three. There will be an automated voice that will tell you when it is your turn to speak. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask you to state your name and to make your comments. Commission staff will start your three minutes when you begin talking. I will say 30 seconds when you have 30 seconds remaining. When your time is up, I will say thank you. Next caller, please. At this point, the moderator will put you back on mute. Uh, thank you, Executive Officer, the first agenda item. Item one, call to order and roll call. President Minor Here. Vice President Favetti? Here. Commissioner Chan? Here. Commissioner Crowley? Present. Commissioner Salveson? Here. And we have a quorum. Thank you. We're ready for the next agenda item. Item two, public comment on items not appearing on the agenda, but under the jurisdiction of the Civil Service Commission. Thank you, members of the public and those present. If you have public comment on any matter within the jurisdiction of the Civil Service Commission, this is your opportunity. If you're in the room, you may come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three. President Minor, no public comment at this time. Thank you. Executive officer, we're ready for the next agenda agenda item. Item three, discussion on potential updates to the Civil Service Commission's personal service contract approval process to be more productive and efficient. Recommendation open for discussion. Uh, thank you. 
Uh, the commission convened this public hearing uh, to hear from our key stakeholders and members of the public about the professional services contracts approval process. Uh, we are aware significant work was already or is already underway uh, being led by uh, the city administrator office of contract administration. And I believe we've got a presentation today from OCA. So please welcome and introduce yourself for us, please. Certainly, thank you so much, President Minor, Vice President Favetti, and members of the Civil Service Commission. My name is Molly Peterson, and I serve as the Contract Reform Manager for the City Administrator's Office Government Operations Recovery Initiative Team. I'm so pleased and honored to be here today. We're excited that you've called this meeting today to discuss the Commission's Personal Services, or PSC, process coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. I think we all had the opportunity to see firsthand how our city policies and practices had to stretch and adapt under, under the pressure of a global pandemic. And I'm excited that we're now taking the opportunity to reflect on how we can improve these processes to make them stronger and better as a city because this is such a vital, important process for the city and ensures that we oversee public contracting for our city workforce. So we know your intention today is really to hear from contracts managers about their feedback, but first I wanted to provide a short presentation on how the PSC process fits into the city's overall contracting process to help set some context. And we also recently circulated a survey to contracts managers to ensure we got as much feedback as possible for today's hearing. And so I plan to share some high level results of that as well. So with that in mind, here's a short agenda of what I hope to cover in the next few minutes. I'll start by sharing a little bit of background on the city's procurement process, focusing in particular on oversight and transparency. I will then jump into the survey results. And then finally, I'm planning to call up several contracts managers here in the room today to share their feedback before we close and take your questions. So commissioners, I know you're quite familiar with how the PSC process works, but for anyone else in the room who may not know, I just wanted to start by quickly outlining um, how PSCs are submitted, reviewed, and approved currently, a process which is governed not only by Civil Service Commission policy, but also our city's labor MOUs. So the process starts with a departmental PSC coordinator completing the PSC form where they fill out information about the proposed contract scope of work, the, uh, why the department believes the work should be contracted out, what civil service classifications, if any, could perform the work and why the department believes they cannot in that particular case and any other relevant information about the proposed contract. They then send notification to the unions associated with each job classification and based on the dollar amount being requested, the PSC can be routed through one of two paths, as you know. For PSCs of $100,000 or more, the PSC goes through a union notification process of between 30 and 60 days uh, based on the classifications. It then goes to DHR for review who posts the PSC on their website for seven days and then it's routed to the Civil Service Commission. There's a three day posting period and then it is heard at a Civil Service Commission meeting as you know. For uh, expedited PSCs, what we call them for items under $100,000, uh, those go through expedited review. The union review period is seven days in these cases, um, and then the PSC is reviewed and, if appropriate, administratively approved by the Department of Human Resources staff. And regardless of which process the PSC goes through, once a PSC is approved, the department may proceed with the contracting process um, and have 12 months to get into contract using that PSC. Um, and if they can't get into contract within that 12 months, they would return to the, to the commission or to DHR, whichever one's appropriate in that case. So now that we've covered how the PSC process works, I wanted to provide some additional context of how that process fits into the city's overall procurement process. As you can see here on this slide, our procurement process has seven major steps, all the way from identifying a need through executing and approving a contract. And this, on average, can take anywhere from eight, eight and a half months, all the way up to a year and a half, if not longer, depending on the contract. 
As you'll see here, the PSC process happens relatively early in the contracting process in general and can take about two or three months, again, depending on those timelines. And while it's not always the longest step in the process, there are quite a few steps here and quite a few considerations for city departments to consider, and that time can really add up. And I wanted to note, as part of our contract reform efforts within our Government Operations Recovery Initiative, we're looking at all aspects of our contracting process to understand where we can find efficiencies and reduce our time to procure as a city. So, for example, uh, we're currently working on an effort to simplify our boilerplate terms and conditions that businesses and nonprofits must agree to in order to do business with us. The idea being that if we can make those simpler so that they don't require specialized legal training, we can reduce the back and forth during that phase six, that negotiate contract period. Similarly, we just rolled out a new technology application for city departments to use to submit their contracts for review and approval that consolidates reviews and allows them to happen in parallel so that the approve and execute contract step can go more quickly. And so again, you know, in addition to that work where we really applaud the commission for calling this meeting today about how the PSC piece of this process can be more productive as inefficient. Those are also the goals, of course, of, of city procurement in general to efficiently and fairly purchase goods and services the city needs to execute our operations and serve the community. So, in addition to those principles of efficiency and productivity and fairness, I also wanted to touch in the coming slides on two additional core tenets of city contracting, namely oversight and transparency. We know these are important values to you all as commissioners, and these are also critical principles to the city's ability to operate with public trust. So first on oversight and governance, city contracting is governed by a complex set of requirements that fall into the four main categories that you'll see in this Venn diagram. I wanted to note first and foremost, um, this is a high level representation. It's not 100% accurate. For example, uh, we've listed the Civil Service Commission here in the program departments. We know that you all, of course, are a commission with charter authority, but again, this is just for sort of display, um, display and summarizing purposes. So just to walk through these quickly, um, at the top we have mandated legislative requirements like Chapter 21 requirements for goods and services purchases and Chapter 6 requirements, for example, for construction contracts. And these mandated legislative requirements govern things like how solicitations are issued, how contracts are awarded, and much, much more. We also have program department requirements of which the Civil Service Commission is one. And these program departments um, uh, excuse me, these program requirements are overseen by a program department who can set rules and regulations and business processes um, that dictate how departments and in certain cases how businesses and nonprofits perform certain contracting activities. We also have legal contracting requirements. So these are the city's terms and conditions that I just mentioned. And these are additional legal requirements that businesses and nonprofits must agree to in order to do business with us at the city. And then finally, there's a, a set of administrative supplier requirements. So these include needing to register for business tax if you want to do business with us and registering in our PeopleSoft system. So as you can see, we have a web of, of requirements in city contracting. And to the right on the slide, you can see all of the different departments and divisions in the city that have some role in overseeing one or more of these programs. This includes everything from reviewing waivers of certain requirements to reviewing contracts for review and approval to completing compliance activities. And of course, commissioners, you all have a key role here in overseeing the PSC process. So in addition, we know that transparency is a vital aspect of contracting and something that's important to this commission and important to us. So for context, I wanted to highlight some of the ways that the city ensures transparency in contracting, all the way from the beginning of the process where competitive solicitations are posted publicly, either on the city's SF City Partner Portal in PeopleSoft or on departmental bidding systems. Awarded contracts are also reviewed at departmental commission meetings if if the department has a commission or by the board of supervisors in cases where the contract is over 10 million dollars in value or over 10 years in duration and during these processes um, the public is not only notified but may provide public comment 
And last but not least, uh, the city publishes um, quite a bit of data on contracts. Um, information submitted to the board uh, is available in the city's Legistar platform. And we also have SF Open Book, which publishes data on contracts awarded, payments, remaining balances, and all those sorts of things. So I know that was quick, but we covered the PSC process, our overall contracting process, and then hit on some governance and oversight and transparency items. And so I hope that provides a little bit of context as you start to hear feedback today. And so before I open it up to my colleagues from departmental contracting units, I wanted to briefly share the results of the survey I mentioned. We knew that not everyone could be here today to share their feedback. Um, and so we wanted to provide one additional opportunity for staff to submit feedback via this survey. So as you can see on the slide here, as part of the survey, we asked five questions. Um, and our goal was really to understand how the PSC process works for departments and how it impacts their operations. So we were pleased to receive 70 responses from 42 unique city departments. And those responses indicated an overall satisfaction rate with the PSC process of about 2.8 over five. And I wanted to also highlight some of the key themes that we heard. So first and foremost, I wanted to really celebrate and lift up the feedback that we heard about Department of Human Resources and Civil Service Commission staff. 19 departments called out staff specifically and, and noted how much they enjoy working with DHR and CSC staff. And I think this is just a testament to the hard work of these teams and their dedication to this process. So just wanted to quickly shout those folks out, some of which are in the room today. And in addition, we heard that departments liked that the PSC process provides for transparency and consistency in city contracting, and they recognize the importance of the PSC process and its pur purpose for overseeing city contracting for our workforce. There are a few ad additional items listed on the slide as well. When asked about challenges, departments selected these top five issues, which I'll get into more detail about on the next slide. I just wanted to have a quick note about how to read this slide. We let departments um, select up to three issues, which is why these percentages don't total. So the way to read this is that 64% uh, of respondents, for example, chose the overall PSC process duration as one of their three selections. Just wanted to quick process note there. <laughs> Um, but we also heard things around the 12 month time limit questions on what must go through the PSC process, as well as some feedback about the technology. So let's jump into that. So diving a little bit deeper, um, one of the major themes, as you saw on the previous slide was the overall duration of the PSC process and how it can add to an already lengthy contracting processing timeline, as you saw earlier in the presentation. We also heard from departments that there was not a consistent understanding of what must go through the PSC process and come to the Civil Service Commission for approval, which can cause delays and questions. We also heard that the 12-month timeline to get into contract once you have an approved PSC can be particularly difficult for departments. You know, as you saw on the process slide a few slides ago, there are quite a few considerations and steps that departments must go through in order to execute a contract. And sometimes we heard that 12 months is just not long enough to do that. And so what that can do is cause rework if, if departments are needing to come back and get reapproval for something that was already approved. We also heard a lot of feedback about the technology uh, that departments use to submit the PSC forms being difficult from a data entry um, and from a notification perspective. And then last but not least, we also heard feedback about the Civil Service Commission meetings themselves and departments thought that there may be efficiencies to be had in who must attend these meetings so that the process does not need to be as resource intensive. So those are just some of the pieces of feedback um, and ideas that we heard. And as you consider this feedback, as well as the feedback you're about to hear today, um, we really hope to continue to partner with you all, as well as your staff and the staff from the Department of Human Resources to propose changes to this PSC process to make it stronger and better and more efficient. Changes that could be considered could contemplate policy, they could contemplate uh, how we execute our business processes as a city, 
excuse me, and how we use the technology available to us. And I'm happy to report actually that we've already started working on the technology piece of this. Um, we are planning to move the current PSC application from its current home into the city's ServiceNow platform where all of the other contracting related applications live in the city. Um, and that will really improve usability and transparency, I think, for all stakeholders of this PSC process. So we're really excited about that. And I wanted to give a shout out to your executive director, Sandra Ng, as well as her staff and the Department of Human Resources staff for being great thought partners in that and lending their expertise. So with that, I'm happy to turn it over to several uh, contracts managers who are here today and wish to speak. Um, and I am gonna start with Ivy Fine from the PUC. Good afternoon. I'm Good afternoon. Ivy Fine. I manage the Contracts Administration Bureau at the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. It's a pleasure to be here. Actually, first, really want to thank Sandra Ng and Lavina Holmes because for the past number of months, I personally have been working very closely with them on a number of different issues uh, with our uh, PSCs. And I really have been impressed with just the collaboration and the dedication that they have. And it's just wonderful to see as a city department. Um, the collaboration with city departments and the Civil Service Commission is so important for many reasons. Uh, the first is we're all civil servants. It's one team. We're all here together and should be committed to the processes and the transparency of contracting. Uh, two, on a more of a department level personal, is that PUC probably submits around 100 PSCs a year. That's a lot. So we are and should be committed to the process and the collaboration. I also wanna say that uh, this is a unique time I have to say, in all my years of working with the city, uh, I think that the pandemic really reframed the way that we look at a lot of our work and how we work and what we do. You know, I'm just one of my best examples is DocuSign, which I worked on for probably five plus years to implement. You know, we all went home in March and literally within a week, every single contract basically across the city went through, implemented, uh, implement, all the departments implemented DocuSign and we all, you know, use it consistently now as an execution process. So, you know, the time is right, you know, and uh, it's been such a pleasure to work with the city administrator's office on citywide contracting reform. And I really see the civil service commission processes as integral as part of our contracting processes. So it's under that umbrella and um, really looking forward to continuing discussions and collaboration. That's it for me, unless you have any questions. Thank you. Thanks, Ivy. Next, we have Jenny Collins from the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. Good afternoon. I'm Jenny Collins from the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. And uh, my boss, Marissa Bloom, our director, was not able to be here today, but is here in spirit. So I'd like to start with a few positive comments and some of the things we love about the PSC process are Suzanne Choi, Elizabeth Aldana, Sandra Eng, Lizette Henriquez, and Lavina Holmes. So thank you very much. Um, we also, our team is also really interested in finding efficiencies and how we can streamline. So we're so grateful to you for having this session today. Uh, and also just big picture, as has been mentioned, um, that this type of work, our professional services are coming before the commission and being considered, you know, should this be city em employment or is it okay to contract it out? We support that big picture. So the work is really important. Uh, a few other positive, what else works well? The fact that we have an online form submission process, that is a positive. Uh, I also love the PSC calendar that is kind of like a, um, sorts out the labyrinth of where, what, what goes where and when do you, when can you expedite it? And if it was more than 50% of the original amount, you have to go over here. So that chart, I, re I refer to that frequently. Um, 
also the PSC calendar. We already have the year-round calendar from which I can look forward from now. If it's like, when do I need to get this uh, on the street? I can, or I can work backwards to when, uh, when I need to get the PSC approval process started. Uh, so some of the challenges that we face uh, for us, the the PSC application, the Drupal application, is really slow, uh, non-intuitive, and and clunky and time-consuming. It's one of those systems that, while you wait for it to load, you might as well have something else to be doing at the same time. You can come back with those. Um, also, the duration of the process. I love the slide number four that showed the city's procurement process and the fact that it could take 8.5 months to a year and a half to get contracts through, and that's the truth. And I don't even tell people that part. When they come to us, I say, well, it takes us about 12 weeks to contract out. That doesn't even count the rest of it because, you know, we've lost business from um, organizations that say it's not worth it, like we're not, like both large organizations, but also small. We do some contracts with individual sole proprietor, maybe low threshold um, consultants who just don't have what it takes to complete the whole process. Um, and just for example, at OEWD, we have some economic re recovery regeneration projects. And so when we're asked to get a contract in place for uh, economic development strategy for the downtown core. And if I turn around and say, okay, we can get that out in about a year, they said, that's not gonna work. We need this now, we need this in two months or something. So then we have to get creative and figure out how we can follow the process. Um, and then also just from a staffing standpoint in the process complexity. So what we ended up doing on our team, we, we, we do a lot of grants, we do less contracts, maybe safe, 20 or so con PSC contracts every year. So it's not that often. Uh, so the process is very confusing for our various staff who were only issuing one or two a year. It, so that's a lot to learn. So we changed our team structure and centralized it into the contracting role. So there's only one person who does all the contracts. On the positive, that's great. Now I know the process. So it's it's that works well. On the downside, there's a lot of staff turnover. And now nobody else on our team knows the process. So we're trying to get back to cross training, but ooh, it's so complex. So that's another challenge. Um, just closing up on a few ideas. I, I love that we're coming into service now. I think that'll really be helpful because we, we just rotated the chapter 21 contract review into that. And it's great because the system is kind of automated and will draw down. I think perhaps hopefully the form twos can build off that system and just automatically draw down off the authorizations. And then other, also, I don't know if it's possible to make any more of the steps concurrent. That might help, but thanks for your consideration. Thank you. Next, we have Amanda Wentworth from the Treasurer and Tax Collector's Office. Hi, thank you so much. My name is Amanda Wentworth. I'm the Contracts Manager for the Office of Treasurer and Tax Collector. Um, and I wanted to echo what else has been said. You know, we really appreciate working with the um, DHR staff. You are all very helpful. Um, and also glad that we can have this meeting to kind of think over some ways to make the process more efficient. Um, and I wanted to echo some of the other pain points in the process that others have uh, mentioned, but uh, for me, I do all of our PSC submissions and the website is very difficult <laughs> and clunky. Um, and I totally also have another screen going with other work while it's loading, because it, it is very slow. Um, and um, I think another thing would be, well, now that we're moving to service now, I think that will help with some of the automation in the system, I think would help prevent more user error. Um, I've been guilty of not going back to change, you know, from ready to approval to ready for DHR, and then I get delayed a week, and then I miss the cutoff, and then now I'm not on the meeting, and then I have to wait another month, so um, that's my own fault. But if the process was automated, I think that would help a lot. Um, I also wanted to echo that we do have difficulty setting aside time for the CSC meetings and making sure that the right people are available. Um, getting managers to be available to sit on the call for an hour or two, depending on when we get called, if there's a question that I can't answer. Um, so that's also something that we struggle with. And if possible to get the PSCs pulled ahead of time that have questions and possibly get the questions ahead of time, then we can prepare those answers and make sure that we have all the information that you need. Um, the other thing that I wanted to note is that um, 
when there's a request to uh, come back in five years or so to present information to the commission. Um, it, to me, it's unclear on sort of what information needs to be tracked and reported back. And um, so that would be helpful information to have so that we can build that into our process for the next five years and make sure that we have the information that you're looking for. Um, and also just more information on how that, uh, how that reporting should be done. If it's an email to the commission, are we coming back to present or um, how that works? So uh, those are things I wanted to highlight for our department. Um, and again, just thank you for uh, reviewing all this. Thank you. Next, we have Marcus Lange from the San Francisco Public Library. Hello, commissioners. Um, my name is Marcus Langa. I'm the contracts manager of the San Francisco Public Library, and I'm here with my um, contracts team, um, Susan Jiang, our contracts administrating um, analyst, and Shirley Yoshida, our executive um, um, assistant. Uh, all of us, basically, we handle over 900 full-time employees across the library system, um, across over 27 branches. And uh, we'd like to first thank you to have us here. Um, it's really nice what has been happening across the city lately with getting inputs from the stakeholders to try to make these processes more efficient while at the same time keeping them very robust. Um, as three civil servants, we really believe in it and take it seriously. So we... We're just happy to help here and to give our ideas towards you. Feel free to ask any questions if you have any. Uh, I would, uh, I was going to start by talking about the, the PSC website, but I think that has been kind of addressed enough. Uh, one part that I would like to mention on it is that uh, for departments like ours, which have a lot of people and we're decentralized, it is useful to have good technology so that we can have people go on there concurrently and work on things. Uh, with the current website right now, unfortunately, we have to gatekeep who has access towards it because it's very easy for there to be technical issues. Um, we've had some where we believe that we had made notifications and then found out down the road that we actually did not. Uh, thankfully, none of these issues have ever caused any real problems because of the hard work of my colleagues and the amazing help from the um, Civil Service Commission staff. But it is it is a lot of um, extra work that could potentially be mitigated through some better technology and some changes. What I would like to talk about is uh, in more depth is the 12 month time limit. Um, the, PS, uh, the, the, the PSC, the scope of work that comes out of it really is the most fundamental part of the contracting, um, contracting process. We spend a, a lot of time and resources finding the right stakeholders to create a very robust scope of work so that it'll hold throughout the contracting process and doesn't have to change towards the end. Um, because of that, we tend to do it uh, towards the beginning and uh, the 8.5 months to 1.5 years is, is actually quite an accurate estimate for how far it can go. And um, within that time, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Um, and especially when it comes towards how long the um, contract is out for bid and then the negotiation month that comes into it. Uh, we've experienced that uh, the 12-month time limit is uh, sometimes insufficient and we'd have to change it. Uh, one, one of the, one of the uh, quirks of it perhaps is that the approvals are for a date range rather than for a, 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 for like a concrete amount of time. So um, one of the things that might be useful, um, it's easier to estimate how many years the contract will be for rather than that'll happen on March 27th, you know, a year after we um, come to you. So um, that perhaps is something that can be looked at. Um, uh, the, uh, the main issue, um, we, we that that is pretty much one of our, our main issues that we've had um the, the later than anticipated start dates due to negotiations and and then having to go back to the contract uh, a lot of the other approvals as well like that um they depend on on certain time frames as well and, and the more you have those time frames of different departments not overlapping it can be a cascade of lots of things that you have to amend so um, with that uh, i'll leave my time back unless anybody has any questions of us while we're here thank you all uh thank you thank you for being here and bringing your team Thank you. And finally, as part of our presentation, I'd like to call up our city purchaser, Sela Jacarella. Good afternoon, commissioners. Um, my name is Sela Jacarella. I'm, as Molly mentioned, the city purchaser, a director of the Office of Contract Administration. Um, I want to thank you um, all for convening this meeting on this very important topic. 
and I likewise echo the sentiments um, that uh, my colleagues have shared regarding the staff and the support that we get from the staff on this very critical process. Um, I don't really have too much more to add to what my colleagues have already mentioned regarding some of the challenges of contracting in general and this process um, and, um, and um, some of the uh, improvements that they've suggested. What I do want to go back to is highlight um, or uh, take you back to Molly's um, presentation. There were a few slides that you saw there that highlighted all of the different departments that are involved in contracting, all of the different program requirements um, that city departments must follow in order to get a contract issued. And so as you think about how you um, want to improve this process and streamline the process, I ask you to think back to that list of requirements because every process um, that our staff have to go through and every requirement that's added really adds complexity, which ultimately really can lead to error. And so that's really the key point that I want to make as you think about how to streamline it, streamline it so that there's a lot of clarity in what we need to do and that it's a very efficient process. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for your work. Thank you, commissioners, for your time today. We are happy at this point to answer any questions you may have. Okay. Uh, commissioners, uh, questions, comments? Um, Vice President Favetti and then Commissioner Salveson. Hi, and thank you very much. I really appreciate everybody coming, as we all do, um, and really appreciate the feedback. I wanted to start targeting, not necessarily any answers, but things that just provoke some of my thought process as I was listening. Um, one of them was on the threshold for expedited. You know, we had in the old days, it was $50,000 and then it was $100,000 and it was loosely based upon the cost of one FTE. Do we need to take a look at that and maybe raise it again? Because that would, I think, help a little bit. The other is, as we were doing the, the process uh, originally, the whole concept was that we were not going to be doing a linear process, that the Civil Service Commission approval could come at any time. And so um, I'm thinking, uh, I'm hoping that that's, that we're not going back to kind of a linear process. Uh, three, I'm very glad to hear that the, um, the, Webs or the uh, I can see input or the uh, the PSC two input whatever thing is going to um, another platform because uh, nobody likes to have to just watch it thunk around. Although it's nice to have a cup of coffee and maybe do some other things. <laughs> but the one thing I've always wanted to zero in on, and I'm glad you made a mention of it, and that is with regard to these San Francisco open books. You know, and I I know that I rail about this 23 years ago. We were so we 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 held on to one element of the personal services contract, and that is to publish or to have a list of all contractors because the city was going to have one data spot where the city, the public could access it. I understand from you that this has happened. Has there been any surveys of this website or this, this access by the public? And are they satisfied with it being accessible? Because we can drop that like a, you know, a hot potato, really easy, very easy. Um, and we only held on to it because of the deal that we had made, I hate to tell you how many years ago. So the, the city service now platform sounds like it's really improving and really would like to uh, kudos, 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 kudos. The other I want to talk about because we um, actually um, had started talking about that with um, at one of, I think it was a reform uh, uh, revisions about not the last time, but the time before. Uh, so it would be between about 2011 and 2013, maybe. Um, we were talking about changing the concept of having um, a time limit. I mean, the, 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 exactly what the uh, Mr. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, Lang, okay, from the library was saying, and that was instead of having um, a specific dates that we have a range of dates or that we have some kind of, uh, and at that point I understood that it was unworkable. Um, so if that's now possibly workable, why don't we revisit that? So I'm hoping that that's gonna be happening. Um, and then the one year time frame again was tied to this. Um, the, 
other about the five year and why that goes back actually to technology. Um, the review process was really instituted by Commissioner Helfand about, oh, I guess, was it five or six years ago? And his concern at the time was that we're having these long range contracts for technology and the technology is outdated. And are we reviewing what we do? And that's the reason for the five-year return. Is this contract still viable? Is this scope of service still viable? And is it something that we need to change? And so um, I'm hearing that the that maybe we need to perhaps make it clear about what needs to happen. Maybe we need to put some guidelines on which contracts need to come back. Um, and then. Um, the other with regard to uh, questions ahead of time, that's always a good idea. I'm trying to figure out because uh, oftentimes we may be reviewing all this material as we speak uh, either Sunday night and Monday morning. <laughs> but but um, and some things come become available or become evident when we have the meeting. So it's a, but I, 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 I hear what your point is. So I just wanted, number one, I want to thank you for everything, but I, uh, and I also want to uh, hope that we hope that we can consider some of these different kinds of changes that may be sounding very small, but can very have a very big impact. The other is broadening the number of the scope of work. So that there aren't as many, you know, there's more contracts that can qualify under that scope of work. And I know that's been a mantra of mine, but it's, um, I really think that that possibly could be a, um, that could help in the long run. Uh, it seems like sometimes I read the same scope of work over and over again for department after department after department. And I'm thinking to myself, gee, can we do this in a broader scope? Can we do this by one department? Can it be, you know, can we combine? I mean, is there other way we can do it? Anyway, those are my comments. I would say thank you so much, everybody. Um, and we are going to be continuing the discussion, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Favetti. Commissioner Salveson. Thank you. Thank you, Manager Peterson, for um, the work you're doing on this and um, everybody else for coming forward with comments. I think it's you know, very useful for us to revisit this and come up with um, something that works better for everybody. I just had a couple of um, points. One, I had a question about um, whether we've gotten any feedback from the unions on how this process works for them. Did, is that anything that you reached out to or? Not yet, no. They were not included in our survey at this point. And then um, the other, a thing that I think would be helpful in this process is for us to just be reminded of the uh, the charter uh, requirements that require the Civil Service Commission to do review. And what I think what those legal limitations are, are are helpful for us to have in mind as we figure out how we can tinker with this process. Um, because there's kind of a um, I won't characterize it, but there's sort of a history of how we got to this point and and what um, what the courts think we need to be doing and and what the charter says we need to be doing. So I think it helps us to know how we can change things to know what our legal limits are. So certainly. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Crawley. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, my, my question is not so much as a, a question, but really a validation of my colleagues and what they said. I, my ears peak up when I hear proprietary software. Uh, sometimes that has a, a way of moving into the direction of uh, civil service work. And I'm constantly trying to figure out, you know, how to abide by what we're here to do and what happens with proprietary software. Uh, and as, as my colleague Kate said, that it's a challenge for organized labor. It's a challenge for you folks, and it's a challenge for us to make sure that we're doing right by the city and making sure that these things happen appropriately. So with that being said, I just want you to know that that this was a great report. I do ask that you reach out to your uh, our labor colleagues, our partners in the city and county, and discuss these facts as they uh, as they come forward and technology quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, moves forward. And I'm glad to hear about Drupal, by the way. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. 
Um, I have a, a just a couple of quick questions. When do you expect to make the actual transition to the city service now platform? We're hoping for the fall. It depends a little bit on the, the software development process to develop that application, but we're hoping for the fall. Okay. And will you, will it be a situation where you will be using both platforms for a period of time or will you make a hard transition? It's a great question. I think we'll need to determine what our cutover strategy is mm -hmm. um, based on how confident we're feeling about the new application and based on the amount of testing and sort of change management we're able to do. Um, but it may make sense to use both systems in concert for, for a while to see how the new system works. Um, okay. And so we can, we can certainly think about that. Okay, thank you. Um, we, we had some pretty direct comments about is there a way um, for this commission to be more efficient uh, specifically as it relates to our ratification agenda and uh, departments not knowing prior to the meeting which contracts are going to be pulled. Do you have any particular recommendation that you would like to make to the commission? I think that's an area where we would love to engage with your executive director, Sandra Ng, as well as some of the, the folks that you heard from today to talk through, I think, what would be useful. Um, so nothing sort of concrete today, but we'd love to be able to take that back and work internally and, and come back um, with some recommendations there. Okay. That, that's good. We, we look forward to, uh, to hearing them. Um, I am probably, I think I am still the newest commissioner. And um, in the early days of my being a commissioner, um, I often wondered why um, we didn't have a system whereby uh, the contract was pulled but considered at the next meeting. And um, I don't know if that's something, and, and, and it sounds like it's more delay, but oftentimes it would be less delay mm -hmm. because the department would have a chance to be prepared. So Certainly. I throw that out, you know, Certainly. for your consideration. Um, oh, and one other, um, one other question slash comment. Um, oftentimes we see a uh, issue being raised during the review process that clearly relates to classification um, that has not been raised at what I will call the jurisdictional commission. So uh, the, the issue is a new issue being raised without commission, an important issue and an issue that's clearly the responsibility of this commission uh, it would help us greatly in making our decisions to know if the jurisdictional commission has considered it and made a decision. And I'm using jurisdictional commission, you know, that's not a, a term of art, but, you know, specifically talking about the commission that has jurisdiction over the department. Certainly. Okay. We can definitely take that back and, and think about how we can incorporate that. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, it is 1.56. We do have to have public comment. Uh, we started 10 minutes late, and so we may go over just a bit in order to accommodate uh, public comment. And I do see some of our union partners in the room. Uh, so we will now take public comment. Um, on the presentation, the questions from the commissioners. And if you have public comment, if you're in the room, you may come to the podium now. If you're on the telephone, please press star three. Yeah, um, we need to let them have three. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. Good afternoon, Civil Service Commission and all the department heads. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Kristen Hardy. I'm the newly appointed vice president for 10 to 1 San Francisco region. I'm also a rank and file worker that works at San Francisco General as a birth and death clerk. So I just want to say, you know, um, as me being a newly appointed vice president, I get all these emails about the contracts from all the various departments. 
SEIU 10 to 1 represents 16,000 public sector workers. So um, I just want to um, caution um, the commission and uh, my girl Carol over here, HR director, to advise her management staff before running to a contract, you know, that they assess and make sure that they're looking at what the what the fallouts could be by contracting out. Um, I haven't been able to keep up with all the contracts that's been coming through right now for the short staffing because it's a lot coming through from various departments, PUC, MTA, DPH, libraries, all these other departments. But my main concern is, is that I've been hearing that, and we represent nonprofits, is that some of these contracts, by contracting out some of these, because I know we're short staffed and services have to continue but some of them are cutting services. So by contracting out, they're not getting the full throttle in that our residents here in San Francisco are gonna be affected by some of these contracts. Um, I'll just name one that I know off the top of my head, the huge contract with Urban Alchemy. We have these people out here that are not fully medical professionals, which, you know, I'm out of Department of Public Health. We have a lot of skilled workers that usually do this work. I have one of my social worker she was in here i think she had to step out but you know we have case managers and people in specified classifications to do this work because we have a severe specialized population out here in san francisco so i'm just here to put caution out you know i know we're short staffed but as looking at the timeline it looks like the timeline to get these contracts approved is almost uh, longer than it takes to hire a person with the 265 days in a permanent position. So, I mean, right now I'm looking at it like it might be better just to hire more of, our, of my people than a contract out. So, you know, just make sure that we're kept in the loop. Um, like management said, I got a copy of this presentation. Thank you, Sandra, for always making sure that labor is involved and in contact. And Carol, you've been doing it. Good job of trying to keep us in the loop. So just my just my little two two cents and I'll put my time on. Thank you. Uh, any additional public comment? If you're in the room, please come to the podium. If you're on the telephone, press star three. President Minor, we do have uh, Amy Nuke from MTA. She would like to give public comment. Uh, we are ready. Okay. Amy? Good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, I have one uh, question. Uh, right now, uh, our finance unit are asking, is it possible, can we have a threshold so that uh, for the PSE, so that uh, we don't need to submit it, like a 10,000, 50,000 threshold, and then all the PSC requests will just go directly to finance. Is that possible? Your question is, if a contract is 150,000, does it have to be submitted through the approval process? Uh, no, mom. It's if it is less than like 10,000 or less than 50,000. Oh, if it if it's less than fifty thousand, because we've been receiving like nine hundred dollars, uh, less than ten thousand. So some of the requests are being delayed uh, because of the period, the review period, and then the approval period. Okay, so, so there are a lot of people in the room who could um, help you and provide some additional information. Uh, have you talked to your? Uh, contract administrator at MTA? Uh, I've been coordinating with uh, Ms. Trin Nguyen, and uh, this is now our problem because uh, we've been receiving so much requests now that are less than 10,000. Some of them are just 600, some of them are just 900 for uh, a personal services contract just to fix a furniture that is not included in the uh, when we purchase the the item okay because that is an additional uh, fee okay uh can someone get on the mic and tell her who she should be talking to hold on a second we're getting some help for you Hi, everyone. Sayla uh, uh, Jacarella, um, Director of Office of Contract Administration. I think what the um, employee is talking about are what we call um, small purchases, basically. 
Um, so the Office of Contract Administration essentially uh, allows departments to directly purchase commodities and some services under $10,000. And as the employee mentioned, some of those are very for very small dollar amounts, six hundred dollars to you know for a um, for a locksmith, for example. Um, and the question I think is for those small purchases, those individual transactions, do departments need to come to the Civil Service Commission for approval? And as far as we know right now, there's no threshold for coming to the Civil Service Commission. Um, I think at this point, I think um, Director Ng has, has allowed departments. Not to come um, for under 10,000, but that information is being public publicly posted on SF OpenGov. So anybody, any member of the public or any unions essentially at this point can see what those small transactions are. But I think, um, you know, we would also likely recommend or, or ask that there be some sort of threshold for a civil service commission review, given that those transactions are very small and then the process is still very time consuming. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, A caller, Elizabeth. Yes, President Minor. Is the caller still on the line? Amy, yes, she's on the line. She's she's there. Yes, Mom, I'm still here. Okay, so um, let me recommend that you call um, our commission staff. I know our executive officer will be out of the office. Whom should she call? Uh, you can call Lavina Holmes, who's our deputy director, and she'll give you some guidance next um, in the next couple of days. So reach out to Lavina Holmes, okay? Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you for your call, Elizabeth. Any additional callers? President Minor, no more callers. Okay. Uh, Executive Officer. This is just in response to um, our public comment made by the MTA employee. Uh, MTA's contract management has already contacted me about this matter and it is being looked into. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay, if we have, con have we concluded public comment? Any additional public comment? Again, we appreciate. Uh, President. Minor, sorry for the interruption. We do have one more person raising their hand. Oh, okay. Uh, speaker, please uh, state your name. Go ahead. Trin? Okay. Um, I think they lowered their hand, so mm, they're not giving public comment no more. Hi, good afternoon. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi, I'm sorry. I have a little bit problem with the computer. Good afternoon. My name is Trin Nguyen. I am um, I'm managing the contrast and procurement of um, SFMTA. Uh, I have the same comments as Amy Nook has already um, presented to you, and I spoke to Ms. Sandra Ng and also with uh, Molly regarding our concern. The current threshold right now is, um, you know, basically for expedited procurement is up to $100,000, but there's nothing, you know, for like a smaller procurement. Um, so we are asking for that to be considered because it really takes the same amount of time and effort, um, you know, to submit the procurement when sometimes for requisitions are very small, like, you know, a few hundred dollars and the worth of work is about half a day or a couple of hours. Um, and I, you know, we just really would like some uh, consideration about that as soon as, you know, um, if possible, because we was like, basically it's a whole long list of uh, requisitions that, you know, waiting for the, um, the approval. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And thank you for your clarifying comments. And we do have people, uh, taking notes and there will be a follow-up. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, thank you. We have additional public comment in the room. Good afternoon, please good, state your name. Uh, good afternoon, my name is Dante Vickers. I represent local 1414. Um, oh, hello to the uh, civil service. Um, we 
are having an issue with like for SFMTA um, transmissions. We have nine transmissions for the buses that's sitting on the floor and we have to wait for, um, I guess for downtown to cut a PO for them or whatever. I think, I believe they're $15,000 just to check the transmissions. And a lot of that work we cannot do in house. And so right there, because I, I, I visited uh, the, I went to visit the shop yesterday. And when I walked in the shops, I seen nine transmissions. They was broke down. They took all the internals out of them. They just sitting on the floor. And the turnaround, they said, was like uh, 30 to 45 days, right, just to get a PO. That's not just to, once, once we get the PO, we can, um, the turnaround for them to look at it and inspect it is probably about a week, if that long. So that's one of the issues. And another issue that, and I'm not sure if this is the right form for that, is a lot of our shops in the city and county and SFMTA, they are outsourcing the work. And I spoke to certain individuals um, and they told me that because they can do it, they were, they were gonna do it. So I just kind of just, okay, well, one of these days we're gonna talk about it, you know, cause it's so much stuff. Cause I represent the city and county of San Francisco, SFMTA, Golden Gate Bridge, Golden Gate Ferry. So it's only just me. So I'm all over the place. So I, um, I talked to Sandra Ng a lot, you know, on certain things. I'm just learning this, but I need to understand, well, not understand, but one of the things I want to deal with is each individual entity where the directors or whoever can't just do what they want to do it, because it's not part like in our contract where if, if somebody has to outsource anything or whatever, they need to come and talk to the union. That's part of our contracts. So that's all I have to say right now. I mean, and you know, I just, I'm just like, I'm listening to everything that's going on. Cause I really didn't know how to, what questions to ask. So I guess this is a start, right? So that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your comments and continue to monitor our meetings. Uh, any additional public comment? Uh, if not, Executive Officer, we're ready for the last agenda item. Item four is adjournment. It is now 2.10 p.m. Uh, thank you. We will immediately transition to our 2 o'clock regular meeting.